When giving out magic items or, you know, stocking them in the dungeon or wherever. First of all, number one, charged items are best. That's even, not not just for like starting parties first to third level, just in general. You've got, a, they've got a wand of, uh, I don't know, gold detection that only has 10 charges in it. Okay, Cool then they have 10 charges to find gold. And believe it believe it or not, well believe me, they will be hoarding those. You know, after after a few after a few of these items and they run out, charged or not, they will start hoarding those charges, especially if the item cannot be recharged. That's a good thing, you newbie GMs out there. So always, I can always give out a charged item. Now you know that that's I have no problem. I a hyperborea game I did. I handed out a uh, wand of fireballs had four charges in it. By the time the big bag came around, they had used three, and one character decided to do a kamikaze run, and he had the wand. What he did was he jumped. The bad guy. He made a flying tackle for the bad guy and activated the last charge. Everybody got out of the way, fortunately, and he died. But the big bad died too, and that was the end. That was the end of the of the of the of the adventure, which I, I loved. Oh, I mean, yeah. He said he decided to sacrifice himself. He said, "Okay, you sure want to do? It? Okay, fine, go." And he did it, and it was like what a great ending to a game. So yeah, charged items are always the best. Now, plot-based items. Let me talk about that for a minute. Say you've got a plot based around an item. Or you have this problem where you need this item to fix it. Okay, first of all, those should be rare, of course. Uh, secondly, it should be a link to the plot somehow. Like say a, a sword of green dragon slaying because you got a green dragon bothering this town and this area and just making life miserable for everybody. So that's that's the a simple way to do it. Okay, but what the way you build it around is you put it somewhere slightly inaccessible. I'm not going to say very inaccessible, but slightly inaccessible because they got to go to this certain place at this certain time during the year and they've got to get it out of this. If you ever, if you watch the D&D Honor Among Thieves, you know, the, the helmet of disjunction, the guy stuck it down in the Underdark because he figured that's the safest place he could put it that nobody would, would find it. Okay, that makes sense. And they still had to get, you know, they had to go through some stuff to get it. 
So, you know, that's the what I'm talking about, plot-based items. And try and make it clear to the party somehow that this is for this, not for everything. If you run into a, a like, a, you know, a pair of mated green dragons, why the GM would do that, I don't know. But a pair of mated green oh, okay, we've got this sword, but we can only use it on the big one because it's a one-time use only thing. Also back to Honor Among Thieves, the, uh, the, the, ta the talisman of resurrection, one shot, you know? Okay, so that's what you got to think about when you do plot-based items. What else we got? Artifacts should be rare, should be rare. And there's a reason because there are so many artifacts out there that can change the direction of your game or plot or world. If you want them to do that, that's fine. You can put, build a grand adventure out of it, but you know, don't hand those out willy-nilly. Um, and also, I want to talk about artifact powers. Now, I don't know why. I mean, okay, first of all, I have not examined the current edition books. But from second edition onward. I don't know why they didn't do this because Gary had in his in the the first edition AD&D DMG, he had artifacts in there where he would not give any powers out, but he put lines. He put blank lines. You're supposed to customize those things. What can this thing do or not do? He'll give you a history of the artifact, but it's up to you. Sometimes he'll put maybe one main power in there and the rest you figure out. I don't know why the books don't do that now. That's great because whatever artifacts you have, you can customize it to your game, which is really good because that's what you got to do is customize it to whatever plot or game because that's kind of an adjunct to the other one. Uh, just customize the powers. Even if stuff that you look at in the in the game where it has a, a set of power, you know, set, set, set of powers, change it, you know. You know, make it your own, that kind of thing. That's kind of like what I'm trying to get to. You know, make it your own, give it your own powers. Give it its own powers and things like that. What else we got? Items break eventually. They've got to. They, they I mean, I ne I've the trouble the trouble with artifacts, or not artifacts, but I should magic items in general, is they can be a little fragile. Or you can make them a little fragile. Because I I had one Castles and Crusades game where I gave characters all these items that that mimicked magical effects. They were they were they were field testing these. And I gave one guy this goop goop thing, goop gun, that would simulate a web. He used that and used that and used that. And you know, every time, I mean, fine, okay, that first couple of times, cool, right. But he used it all the time. He used it for everything. Finally, the last, I let him use it one more time, and I said, this thing is heating up real fast. And he threw it away, and it exploded in a web through the whole womb. It was done. He, he overloaded it. You know, that kind of thing. So you should think about how things break eventually. And you know that's that's kind of a kind of an out for the GM. I I know, but you know I, I'm just saying it's it's something you gotta. I think it's it's you know I, magic items unless they're like I don't know weapons or something. Even weapons break. 
you know, things like that. Okay, that leads into my other thing, plus weapons. Plus weapons are easy. He find a plus two sword. Okay, fine. You got plus two to hit, plus two to damage. And that kind of thing, I would hand out to anybody. You know, if it's a plus one, I hand it out to anybody. Uh, well, well, I wouldn't hand it to a wizard or anything like that. But I mean, you know, I, I could hand it to somebody and not worry about it. Now, the fun part is if you give them weapons that are kind of conditionally plussed. This is a regular bastard sword, but against ogres, it does plus three or something. And, and try to make whatever it goes against. I'm not going to say make the, the instance rare, but make it significant, which means they don't run into this critter all the time, but they run into it long, you know, enough times where it's going to matter, especially if it's in the plot and it's, it's like, it's like it's the climax of the story and they got, you know, they're facing up against, oh man, yeah, a black dragon. I got something for him, you know, and they pull out his sword like that does plus five to black dragons or something like that. Okay. So yeah, that way it's significant in the story. It makes the player feel great. And the character is like, okay, time to shine. So yeah, it's really great to, to give those kind of conditional plus weapons. I love those things. I give those out all day. All right. And other things like, okay, magic items that have a downside to them. I had, I had a, I played a, or rather, I ran a Warhammer game that this guy had a girdle of what he thought was giant strength. Actually, it was. I think it was giant strength or ogre strength. Yes, giant strength. But the thing is, it was fall, flawed. It was faulty. Yeah, faulty magic items you can get give out too. I'm not even going to get into cursed magic items. I think faulty magic items would be more fun. But he found out that the girdle only worked every other encounter. Otherwise, it would sap his strength. So every time he put it on, I rolled a die. And I did the basic guy gags. One to three, it works. Four, four, five, six, he's getting, you know, he's getting screwed. So that that kind of thing, it's it's like they don't want to let go of it, but at the same time, what's gonna happen? You know, for that encounter, he could be he could be totally disadvantaged. He could be like a, a strength, I don't know, five. You know, say it gives it, okay, giant strength, 18 plus strength, and then next encounter, five. Okay, I'm staying in the back until next time, fine. I mean, I've had players do that. Anyway, anyway, that's some of my magic item thoughts for handing them out and dealing with them in games. All right, I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognardgmail.com or drop me a voicemail at Spotify for Podcasters. We are monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program. I would thank you. And my 
single donations, go to my Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me slash oldmangrognard. Let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Gilbert Soros, and Benjamin Brodell. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. For other good podcasts, Dan Gregg has the Young Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard podcast. Kevin at the Red Caps podcast. We also have Daniel Norton's Bandits Keep podcast. Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest podcast. Big John Allen Large at the Red Dice Diaries. And my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air. <laughs>